Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi, everyone. A while back, I received the following message from a bereaver. If you don't know what a bereaver is, that's us. It's a parent who's been bereaved of their child. And the message said, I'm here at church with my son, and to be honest, I just want to get up and leave. First of all, I want to let you know that this is a very common struggle. I have felt the same way at times. As a matter of fact, after I got this message a few weeks later, I found myself sitting in a church service thinking the exact same thing. Why do we struggle with this? Well, there are several reasons, and I probably don't have to go over them with you, but I am just going to mention a few of them. Sometimes we realize that church has become just a routine in our life. Of course, Sunday morning we go to church. And something like that, it just doesn't mean as much to us now. That's not a part of the routine that we have the energy for. Maybe we don't like to go because we get tired of people either ignoring us or trying to pump us up with victory verses and Christianese to say the right thing, these scripture and cliches, you know, the things you're supposed to say to somebody who's grieving. You know, God works it all out for good. Remember, you've got the victory in Christ, those kinds of things, right? We don't want to hear those things. It could be because we're just plain angry at God, and we don't want to be in church right now. I know for a lot of us that I hear from you, it's very hard to hear testimonies. When someone shares, they get up front and they share about how their child was saved in an accident, or the cancer was healed, or all these things that are like a stabbing pain to us because we feel like, Lord, why didn't I get that testimony? Why don't I get to share that my child lived and my child was spared from death right now? And that hurts. And it's really hard to sit in church and hear those kinds of things or even hear messages preached about healing. And and it's not that we don't believe God heals, but it's it's just raw and painful. And to hear that come at us, you know, and God protects us and all of those things, it's hard. It's just plain hard. And for a lot of us, and this is really where I was coming from, this is the one that affected me the most, I guess I'll say, is that at this point, going to church like that on a Sunday service or wherever, it feels impersonal and shallow. It's like, I I need something so much more deeper than what I'm getting at a, a church service on a Sunday morning. And sometimes it's like the people feel fake unfortunately, you know, this whole, hi, how you doing? I'm doing great. You know, I'm fine. I'm blessed and highly favored. I mean, it just, it's like, I'm not doing fine, but I can't, isn't that sad that it feels like sometimes we can't walk into church and say, I'm not okay. Because we feel like if you're in church and you're a Christian, everything's supposed to be okay. Right. And it just, that's, an environment we just don't want to put ourselves in. And I'm not saying this is everywhere, but I'm saying that this is very common. Maybe the sermon just isn't where we are at in our spiritual walk. It just doesn't feed us. It's not encouraging us. I, I kind of think of like the teacher and the peanuts, want, 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 want. We just kind of feel like that's that's what's coming at us if we're sitting listening to a message sometimes. 
And it just feels like it's a place that's full of pat answers instead of people really wanting to walk along beside us in this very dark place of child loss. And I am not here to bash churches. Believe me, that's not what I'm doing here. I was a pastor's kid, and I have had many wonderful encounters with God while at a church service. And I've had my eyes open to new or deeper revelations of who God is and who he wants to be in my life over my many years of attending Sunday morning or Sunday evening or Wednesday night, Thursday night services. I loved growing up in the church. Started out with the hymns, and I still love those hymns. Being part of a Bible Bowl team, I don't know if you know what that is or not, but you learn whole books of the Bible and you, you memorize what you can and you get quizzed on them with buttons and beat each other out answering the questions. And I mean, that was something I loved. Going to Christian camp, being part of VBS, Vacation Bible School on both sides, being in leadership, on the worship team, being a children's pastor. I just want to acknowledge that I know that there are many more parents who struggle in this area after their child dies than those who don't struggle here. Sometimes we just don't have the energy it takes to get dressed and put on a mask, or we don't have the energy to not put on a mask. We don't feel like crying in front of others. I cried all the time. Now, I didn't go to church for quite some time when I did start going worship, I was just a bucket of tears, especially anything that had to do about heaven, anything like that. I was just a mess. Sometimes we can't handle the memories of our child being active there. Everywhere we look, we see a place where our child should be, where we're used to them being there, and they're not there. And we just can't put ourselves there. We can't go. A lot of us need to find a new place of worship and fellowship. We try going to where we've been. Maybe we've been there for years and it's just not working. And so we may start looking for a new church, a new place of worship and fellowship. It's kind of like needing a fresh start with an environment that isn't a trigger for us. Maybe people who are more compassionate with our grief. And I know that's a strange thing, but it seems a lot of times the people who knew us when our child died, after a while, they try to pump us up and they want us to get back to, you know, who we used to be. And, you know, you need to let the Lord help you get over this and that kind of a thing. When we go meet someone or go to another church where people find out that's part of our past, there's a lot of empathy and compassion. And it's just, I don't know why, that's just the way it seems to be so often. So we may need just months, even two, three, four, five years to be alone with God, not sitting in church services, but being alone with God as we wrestle with him about what happened without the input of other Christians on a regular basis who mean well. It's just the things they they say to us just are not helpful. Or maybe we need to surround ourselves with those who can speak God's love into us from a place that we can receive because they've been in this place of suffocating darkness of child loss and they know what they're talking about. For many of us during this time, we find out that God really is all we need and we find ourselves in a place of freedom to be the church outside of the four walls of a weekly church institution. We discover that not going to a specific building every week allows our relationship with Jesus himself to flourish like never before. 
without judgmental eyes being on us as to what a good Christian does or doesn't do based on all different kinds of theologies that are out there. I want to say again that I am not anti-church or trying to encourage anyone not to attend the weekly services of a local body of believers. I know plenty of bereavers who attend church services faithfully because that's where they go to get strength to face another week. And there are Christians there who care deeply and are walking with them through the darkness. As a matter of fact, I recently heard from a bereaver who went to a service for the first time after almost two years, and she said how glad she was that she went because she forgot how much she enjoyed it. Let me remind you, you are the church. Now, I know the scripture says we are not to neglect our fellowship with each other as believers, and the Western culture has turned going to church into almost a law that must be followed. Going to a building the same day each week, facing a group of people on a platform leading us in polished and practiced music as the praise and worship part of the meeting. And then we sit and listen to someone who usually has a degree of some kind from a Bible college give a message that might be what I need in my walk right now, or it might not be. We can usually find some bits and pieces we can take away from it that will encourage or enlighten us. But this is like an expectation in the Western culture. If you're a good Christian, if you're really a Christian, you would be in church every Sunday. There's a word, a Greek word called koinonia that's used in the New Testament. And koinonia means fellowship. And that comes into play in these morning services, the fellowship or the koinonia Usually when we're told to turn around and greet three people, or maybe at the coffee bar before or after the service for a little while, Jesus and Christianity is built on relationship and community, which is why large churches have small groups that you can join during the week. Those in leadership know that what is offered on a Sunday morning in a large building really can't meet the true needs of community and fellowship. But if you don't attend those Sunday morning services to get fed by the pastor or to be in corporate worship, sometimes you're seen as forsaking the fellowship, that you're on a slippery slope to backsliding in your faith. But Jesus himself made it very clear to the Samaritan woman at the well, remember that story, that the location is not the issue. Where we worship God and where we fellowship with him is not the issue. God knows your heart. He knows your struggles. He knows what you need more than anyone who tries to tell you what you need. Follow your heart. If you try attending a service and you feel like you can't get out of there fast enough, that's okay. Allow your needs and how things affect you to be your guide. God will guide you through what you need when you need it. As long as you are talking to him and asking him to help you and to get you through this, you will get where you need to be. That might include services weekly with a special gathering of believers, or it might not. I know there are a lot of people who believe that if you're not plugged into a local body of believers that you'll backslide. I know all the scriptures. Remember, I grew up as a pastor's kid, and I prided myself on memorizing scripture. I would win contests with the scriptures I would memorize. 
And the verse most often used to put guilt on those who are not attending a Sunday morning service is Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. It was talking about not neglecting meeting together, but that was not referring to a weekly Sunday morning service. Paul was writing this for those who were under persecution, who were wondering if they should keep each other safe by not coming together and meeting together, making it harder to be caught. And they were being told here that they need to keep meeting to be able to encourage each other through the difficult times of persecution. Don't neglect meeting with each other. Now, I'm, I'm going to say something here, and let me finish this and listen to me all the way through. But Jesus did not say that there would be writings coming that believers needed to study and adhere to those words, those written words, to be our guide. What Jesus said was that he was sending his spirit to live inside us to guide us into all truth. It's not plugging into a Sunday service, but plugging into the Holy Spirit that will keep you close to the Lord. Let me let me say that again. Some of us need to plug into that Sunday service, and that is what keeps us close to the Lord. But what I'm trying to say is that if that's what God is using in your life, then do that. You need to do that. But for a lot of us, it's not the Sunday service is the way that we need to plug into the Holy Spirit to be close to the Lord. God will use other things. There are a lot more warnings in scriptures about following a person to lead us than in following the Holy Spirit's leading who lives inside us. When Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished. And what he meant by that is he fulfilled the law. It is finished. We are no longer under the Old Testament laws or the laws of any religion or spiritual leader. Jesus left. He said this so that the Holy Spirit could come and live inside us specifically to direct us and guide us each individually on our individual journeys here on this earth. The letter of the law brings death to our souls, but the Spirit brings life to us, and we desperately need that, don't we? Ecclesia is the Greek word that is usually interpreted in our Bibles as the word church. And ecclesia means an assembly that has been called out for a purpose. And at that time, it was an, any assembly of people, including political assemblies. It did not originally mean only Christians meeting together. But it eventually became that as a meeting of ones who have been called out by God for a purpose. I don't know if you know this. I, this was something that I did a little studying on before recording this. But the first building constructed for the purpose for Christians to meet didn't even happen until almost 500 years later. We now think that to be a true Christian... You have to meet consistently in a certain building on a certain day at a certain time with a predetermined, practiced, and polished meeting. Church has come to mean a formal religious institution, not necessarily the bride of Christ as she appears in the world outside of those four walls. I will say God will show up and move in the hearts of people in that Sunday morning setting. There's no doubt about it. He will come to us when we reach out to him. 
I have been in many services over the years, many where God has shown up big time, either to me personally or to the entire congregation. But that doesn't mean, even according to scripture, that being there every week is a requirement of being a follower of Christ. The true church is a family of believers, and no family operates the way a church does, the way we know it. When you get together as a family, do you line up your chairs to face the person who's talking or make a schedule for who's allowed to do things and what time they do it? That's not family, is it? The institution of church is run a lot more like a business, and it's managed by those who are higher up in the chain. Jesus invites us to himself, not to an institution run by man. The most important thing is that you are doing your best to get closer to Jesus. And it doesn't necessarily mean going to a certain building every week for a service of some kind. Church attendance is not a requirement or an obligation that can be found anywhere in the New Testament. Not church attendance like we see church attendance here in the Western culture. And the question I've learned to ask myself is, how do I get to know the Lord better? How can I best walk in fellowship with him? How can I receive the comfort and the peace and the healing that I need from him? And if that means attending church services, then great. That is where you need to be. Traditional congregations serve a valuable purpose when they help us live out our faith in the raw and the real world. And there's true community and fellowship and family and a sharing of everyday lives together. But if you can't find that and what we call going to church isn't working for you right now in helping you get as close to God as possible in a time in your life when you need him the most, then I release you from any guilt of not going. You don't answer to me. You don't need to answer to your family or your friends. You only need to answer to God who wants to meet with you right where you are. If you are longing for some fellowship with other believers who get it, I want to remind you that we host weekend getaway retreats for bereaved parents. And I have a new one to announce that I am really excited about. First of all, let me tell you, there is still time for you to get in on the retreat, which is just for moms in Ohio, the weekend of April 22nd through the 24th. The next one is in Iowa. It's the same beautiful cabin that we held our very first retreat in which will be in August. And the new one that I'm sharing here with you first is in the state of Oregon this coming September. Because of the logistics of taking our house on wheels in that direction, this is probably the one and only time we will be having a retreat in the Pacific Northwest. So if you are in that area and you're interested, I suggest checking it out right away and get yourself registered. Both the Iowa and the Oregon retreats are both for couples and for those who come by themselves. 
and don't assume you can't afford it. The Eric Breslau Foundation has given a very generous donation to GPS Hope to help cover the cost of the venues for each of these retreats, including the one we're having in Georgia this next weekend. So the cost is very low for a weekend retreat. There's a registration price, and then there is the cost of the room. Some of the rooms, if it's a single, don't have any cost at all, depending on the venue. All you pay is the registration. Otherwise, you pick which room you want, and there's just a small, not even $100 for both nights. So it's very reasonable. So go ahead and check that out. Go to gpshope.org retreat for all the information, and you can register there as well. I also want to mention that Wayne Jacobson, I know I shared about him last week and I talk about him once in a while. Wayne was a collaborator on the book, The Shack, and he's written several books about the topic of church and what we're talking about here today. And I have them all. I'm pretty sure I have them all, as well as a book that's really good that he wrote called He Loves Me. And they have helped me tremendously. These books are called So You Don't Want to Go to Church Anymore. There's one called Beyond Sundays, and there's one called Finding Church, What If There Really Is Something More. And I'm going to put a link to his website in the show notes, but his books can be ordered from places like Amazon. Let's go ahead and go on to the birthday segment. Ava Jenkins was born on March 6th and is forever two years old. Jonathan Van Vittergem was born on March 6th and is forever 19. Stephen Kowaleski was born on March 11th and is forever 28. We know this will always be a special day in the lives of these families, and we celebrate with them the day their children came into the world. If you would like to have your son or daughter's birthday announced, the week of his or her birthday, all you have to do is go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. There will be a link to that in the show notes as well. Just submit the information, and I will be honored to share him or her with the listeners. If I were to ask if the church was the building or the people, I'm pretty sure you would say it's the people. And yet, we ask people what church they go to. You are Christ's church. You are part of the body of Christ, and so am I. It is not meeting in a certain building every week that makes us the church. If it helps you to do that, then go. If you just can't do that right now, then don't let others try to make you feel guilty about it. You don't have to go to church to be the church. Fellowshipping with other believers who have also lost a child and are further on the road than you can be one of the best things you can do for yourself right now. And that is not neglecting the fellowship of other believers. It's still being in fellowship. And that's what's important. Whatever you do, based on what you need or don't need right now, remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is always hope. 